Good morning, King's family. Yeah, my and as I say here. Thank you for inviting us to be part um, of the morning. Uh, we miss you very much, uh, and we're so pleased to be able to kind of connect, even in this way. It's it's a value to us. So many of you will know that we've been on a bit of a journey um, over the last uh, six months or so, uh, and we've been learning a lot. You know, learning a lot about culture about God and about ourselves, um, even with regards to some of the blind spots, I guess, in our own lives, things that may be in our thinking that we weren't fully aware of in the UK. Um, and actually, often it just takes a change of circumstance to reveal the heart and to help provoke a change in perspective, and that's been really helpful as well. Yeah, I guess it's similar to perspective as if you're walking up a mountain and you occasionally stop and look around and you see things from, see things from a bird's eye view. And it's a totally different perspective, isn't it, from when you are seeing what's in front of you as you take step by step. Yeah, and we, we used to ask ourselves the question, if God took everything away, you know, our job, maybe our roles, responsibilities, our friends, church, what would, what would be left? And that has quite literally been our story as we've moved from Hastings and come to the Philippines. The roles we had, the people around us, um, I guess even the familiarity of church, um, the rhythm of life, all of it is, well, it's gone, it's changed, it's different now. Yeah, we've had to adapt to a new culture, a new climate, which is really different, <laughs> uh, a new language, a new pace of life, new friends, which has been really tricky, um, and just new ways of doing things, really. But it's, it's been good as well, there's been lots yeah. of positive things. It's been really good, it's been a wonderful opportunity as well, just to reflect on uh, what's left of those when those things are taken away like what is important yeah so our prayer for today as we just kind of get into the word of God is that we may be able to share some of those reflections with you a reminder of those things that are most important and that we really need to fight for in our lives and in yeah. our churches yeah we felt God draw us to a couple of passages this morning um, so the first one is 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 uh, I'm just reading from the ESV. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Mm. All this is from God. And the second one is Galatians 2 verse 20. And that says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loves me, and gave himself up for me. Yeah, two amazing yeah. Um, scriptures there. The, the focal point of all history is Christ, always has been. Mm. And the central turning point of all creation is Christ crucified. What God formed in creation at the beginning and was deformed by the problem of sin is now being reformed by Christ, mm. starting with his, his life, his death and resurrection, but actually we look forward to his return again. It's what enables us, anyone, any sinner to become a new creation and to walk away from that life of sin. Through Jesus' sacrifice, God was willing to see beyond everything that we were in order to restore us to everything that we should have been. It's amazing. But notice that the only way that you can receive the new is to crucify the old, right? Yeah. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. Like the pearl of the great price or the treasure in the field, uh, the, the stories that Jesus tells us, you must lose everything in order to gain what is better. 
Mm. Um, and it takes sacrifice, but sacrifice for something so much greater that you could ever, ever imagine. And, and that's so counter-cultural as well, isn't it? It's, it's in a world where everything revolves around ourselves. Um, we protect ourselves, promote ourselves, um, comfort ourselves. And Jesus says, crucify yourself. Lose your life in order to find it. And, and the reason I think that, that is so important and so fundamental to the Christian faith mm. is because at the very heart of sin is that desire to satisfy yourself, to yeah. please yourself, to gratify yourself, to take God's glory and put it on ourselves. Mm. So if we really want a strong, robust, authentic Christianity, then we need death to self in order for life to reign. Not dying to self leads to a weak worthless gospel not the gospel of the bible yeah and i think some of us will wear ourselves out won't we trying to change ourselves uh, before we realize that it's not about fixing it's about letting go it's about letting go of old patterns that no longer serve us and it's what galatians is mainly about paul rebuking those who accepted jesus but then they went back to their old ways of doing life and he's really strong about it he says you foolish galatians who has bewitched you? Yeah. But before we're too quick in saying, yeah, you stupid Galatians, what are you thinking? But before we speak too quickly, we need to recognise how prone we are to doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. Bringing old patterns and old mindsets and old behaviours into kingdom life. Mm-hmm. And the first uh, one of these that we just think we, we really need to contend for in the church is our identity, a strong, robust identity. I think we we hear a lot about identity within the church, and that's great. And it's not surprising, because it says says it a lot in the Bible, so we need to. Um, Because we've gone from being orphans to children, Mm. children of God. And that's incredible truth that literally will change everything if Mm. we know it. Um, There's a big difference between hearing and knowing about identity And then experiencing a change of identity. And the reason we need to know, but to know, but to know our identity and fight for it sometimes is because old ways of thinking and patterns, which we're supposed to be dead to, um, they seep into our minds and they seep into the church as well. Yeah. And actually, if I'm honest, I've realised more and more over the last year because how painful it has been to leave and hand over significant yeah. areas of leadership and responsibility that I probably, if I want it, I love and I valued maybe even a little bit too much. And if I'm honest, I found a level of identity in, and it's so easy for us to find identity in different things because it does, it feels good to be useful, to help people, to have responsibilities and even to do things well. And I've had conversations with so many people over the years who aspire to do so many things for the church and for God. And these are not bad in and of themselves at all. Of course they're not. But the question to be asked, I think, for all of us is, well, what identity is shaping those motivations? What is driving us to do the things that we do? Um, And this can be very subtle. We found it's not often as obvious as someone walking on a stage and saying, like, look at me, you know, I'm awesome. (laughs) You know, the enemy is so clever as well. Don't ever underestimate how the subtle sort of hunting down that the enemy can do. Um, And and he can make it feel right as well. Um, And it can be, it sometimes can be more out of sense of duty when we do those things. 
It can be an attempt to please um, God. It can be fear of man, I think it's one of them. You know, and you know, I want people to think well of me. And whatever the motivation, all of these stem from like an orphan way of thinking, an old mindset. And Paul says that we need to put to death those old ways of thinking and living. That's what he advises us. I um I remember when I came into eldership at Kings, um, and I was I was quite surprised actually by many of the comments. You know, uh, people uh, the phrases like you know I'm so glad that you've finally been recognised and congratulations on the promotion. I think one of them was even um, you know I'm glad that you've made it. You know. Um, and what was surprising, I think, was actually it was a lot of the older generations that were saying these things. Um, I think the only comment from a young person was, well, we're, we're all in it now, aren't we? You know, um, like we're, but, in but trouble we're in now, trouble now. That's it. We've had it. Um, but whilst I felt really well received, it did just kind of highlight some areas of thinking that didn't quite sit right with me. Now, don't hear what I'm, I'm not saying. I'm, eldership has a very high bar in the Bible and we should honour and care for our elders and they were given account before God one day we will but becoming an elder is not the definition of you've made it it's not it's not what the bible says and nor is a worship leader or a connect group leader a youth pastor all of these roles and the things that we do none of those are it's not about what a man does um, that determines whether his work is sacred um, it's it's why he does it and who he does it for. Yeah. You know, if we try to do what you know, if we try to do those things ourselves, we'll it'll end up just going wrong. You know, before the calling that we feel like God's placed in our life, um, it has it has to be everything to do with being who we are. Our identity is not based on what we do, but on what He has done. Yeah. And when we focus on what he has done, we recognise actually God's not looking for qualified people, which is so releasing. He's looking for obedient people who he then qualifies. So we don't need anyone else to validate what God says about us. If he says we're accepted or significant, highly loved and have a purpose, that's all we need. People can't take away from us what they didn't give us. If, If your security and affirmation comes from people, then absolutely, it can go in a moment. But if it's from God, what people say and do can't affect your position and your belief because it's from him. Yeah. I think everything we try to be without him has to be sustained without him as well. And, you know, that's the hard bit. We don't want to be doing that. You know, praise God that we do have him. Mm. That our identity is not something that we have to maintain by doing. Um, You know, it's out of being, which he sustains. Uh, We do have to fight. For a strong, robust and true identity and an accurate one within the church, I think. Um, and, and it says, you know, we can outdo, we should outdo one another in honour and it's good to celebrate success and achievement. Um, but it's not based on what people do. It's based on who they are. You know, it's we don't want to go back to old life, old way, orphan thinking. It does need to change. We need to change that mindset. I think the second area we need to contend for in the church, so identity is one, but I think the other is a deep heart affection. I think the problem with living out of an identity of doing and not being is that it doesn't stir up the affections of the heart. It can't. So doing stems from and feeds into religious mindsets. But being 
stems from and feeds into a relational mindset. It's about relationship. And actually, in, in Matthew 7, Jesus says something that's really sobering. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, what are the people's responses? They say, but did we not do this? And did we not do that? We even did this in your name. Mm. Even in your name. And Jesus says, away from me. Why? Because I never knew you. It's the relationship that God was looking for. So if you want to know whether you're a new creation, if you want to know whether you are living within a kingdom mindset, you need not look any further than your own heart's affection. Yeah. What is stirring up in the affections of your heart? All right, let's not gather information which results in full heads mm. but empty hearts. You know, because you can you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. All right, let me say it again. You you can give something to someone without loving them, but you can't <clears throat> love someone without giving. And I think that is why it's so hard sometimes to see the difference between those that are loving Jesus and aren't loving Jesus, because often on the outside they're doing very much the same thing. Yeah. Because you can become very good at doing things for Jesus, or maybe even loving the church for Jesus, which yeah. is great. But if you still have no affection in your heart for Jesus, activity alone is not a good med measure of growth, is it? No. Not at all. And, and Jesus didn't rebuke what Martha was doing, for example. Yeah. He, he actually just rebukes what she was missing. You know, Martha actually is the one who invited Jesus into the house. But we need to really be careful that we don't just forget what we desire to begin with. You know, for some of us, we've got so busy in the kitchen that we've forgotten to sit with Jesus. Yeah. And most of us are choosing to live lives, actually, that don't set us up for paying attention. Whereas, I think John Mark Comer, he said this, he said, for many of us... The great danger is not that we will renounce our faith, it's that we'll have become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim over our lives instead of actually living them. The first thing that goes in busy lives is the quiet, you know, the secret place. Do we have space to connect with God? And maybe the, poor, the most important question is, do you even want to make space? Because I think both sin and busyness have the same effect, don't they? They, they cut us off from connection with God. And when we become detached uh, from our relationship with God and Him, and we, you know, our efforts to please Him, they end up just becoming hollow and religious. We're trying to obtain and earn what we already have. And I think it's a good question to ask ourselves. Is God hidden within us? Is He abiding within us? Um, just like an avocado seed is in the centre and its growth is because of the seed in the centre. And I think it's, it's a good question to ask ourselves. Is God hidden within you? You know, you may know a lot about God, but are you letting him in? Are you letting him abide with you, in you, and working in your heart? Those of us that have had doctrine in our heads, but no affection in our hearts, we're just not engaged in the business of true Christianity. Yeah. Another quote, A.W. Tozer says this, he says, for it is not mere words that nourish the soul, but God himself. And unless and until hearers find God in personal experience, they are not the better for having heard the truth. Yeah. In making this move, um, I think I've come to realise that it's so easy to do more for Jesus than our relationships with Jesus can sustain. And, you know, we really do need to bring our heart affections for him to a roaring flame. So good to serve, so good to do all these things, but... 
have we got that deep affection with Jesus? Mm. And maybe you're, you're hearing this and you think, I'm not quite sure how to get there or what to do. Well, here's just a few ideas, right? Ask God to give you a passion for him, right? It was impossible for you to love him without him opening and revealing himself to you. So that same spirit, just say, give me a passion for you. Help me to love you so much and to, to devote my life to you. You can ask him that. Then the second thing is, you know, if you want to have success in the Christian life and you're looking at others and thinking, man, I wish I could be like them, you don't need to imitate so much what they do, but what they believe. Yeah. You know, you need to digest the truth about the real, your real identity in Christ so that you can spot the fakes when they come along, and they will. And the last thing is this. A vine, if you don't put it up a trellis, ultimately it just kind of withers on the floor and it dies. Yeah. You need to find a trellis. You need to find some structure to your life which will allow you to be able to read and study and get time with him, whether it's a reading plan, time with friends in discipleship, whatever it might be, audio books, just find regular time to be with him. All right, so that's two things. We need to have a good, robust identity, and we need to stir up our heart affections for him. And the last thing, and this is something we need to fight against, is the consumer church. Mm. And I think the reason this one is so, sorry, this is the, one, the reason this one's last is because if the church has a strong, robust identity and a deep heart affection for Jesus, then this one will almost, I think, believe, certainly fix itself. Yeah. And if we don't have a real good understanding of our identity and we don't have a personal affection, you know, um, in our hearts for Jesus, we can be doing stuff, but we can forget the why, can't we? We can become over-familiar with holy things. And before we know it, meeting with God, taking communion, meeting with the saints are all just other things we do. We can lose wonder of what it is to be in the presence together, in his presence, sorry, together. And, you know, and even have little or no expectation that anything will happen when we do. Mm. And this has some rather serious implications. It, you know, it can become another thing we do. Um, and, you know, we don't want that. The risk is that we can try and bring people to a program or performance within church. And we're not bringing them towards a person. You know, it also can lead to unhealthy comparison. We're all trying to make it, right? Yeah, looking at the church here in the Philippines, you know, we've seen some things that don't seem to have much to do with Jesus, you know, but that would be no different to the UK. Often church can be so far removed from what New Testament church mm. was like. Now, we're not, we're not going to judge or what is or isn't of God, but if you can gather uh, people who don't know their identity and don't have deep love for Jesus in their hearts, church will become just another thing to do. Yeah. You know, the rate church almost like a, a restaurant critic and don't come to the meal hungry. Oh, God, keep us from not coming yeah. to you hungry for you. Yeah. So I think if we really want to follow, truly follow God, we must seek to be anything other than worldly. We must crucify this old way of thinking. You know, we have something greater than the blessings of Christ. We get Christ himself, which is incredible. And that's who we're coming to when we gather together as church. We can't do God's purposes with our own plans, can we? It, it may seem like we could have a better or more effective plan. I think we all have that, but we think we know better. Um, but so did Joshua at Jericho. And it's best, you know, we think, do things God's way. Yeah, absolutely. And this is his promise, you know, that when we build according to his pattern and his design, yeah. God's glory fills the house, all yeah. right? He, he did it with the tabernacle, he did it with the temple, and his promise is that he'll do it to the church. 
if we can come just as children, right, yeah. with deep affection in our hearts for the Father, if we'll, He will come with such power and anointing, and we will experience the glory of God. That is His promise to us. Mm-hmm. So there you go. We've, we've been sharing these things because we've realised that we are no less at risk of falling into these mindsets no. than the next person. And maybe, had we not made this move, you know, maybe we wouldn't have recognised the subtlety of it as much as we do now. Yeah. So our encouragement today is let's find our identity in the one and like in him, in the who and not in the what. Let's stir up deep affection. I know I really want it, you know, to stir up deep affection in our hearts, you know, for him to show things to us. And and come to church hungry as well. Guys, come to church not only to meet with friends or enjoy the music and all the other things that church offers, but to have an encounter with God. Amen. So bless you guys. Yeah. I know we're going to hand over to the host now to kind of pray and to just follow this up. But uh, you are such a blessing to us, and we just pray for your blessing, for God's blessing on you. Uh, and yeah, amen. Yeah, we love you. We miss you guys. God bless and take care. Bye.